Hello and welcome along to episode 67 of the All Things Leads podcast. I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me virtually on the software called StreamYard, it is my co-host <laughs> Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sound, yeah. Just, just yeah. had my tea, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're a little bit late so i managed to get the washing up done as well which i'm pleased about nice nice what was on the menu for tonight chicken stir fry oh, good. lovely 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 getting you all prepared to talk about uh, an abysmal performance from the weekend <laughs> yeah well you know i was annoyed at the time but then i had a few drinks and on the day and i felt much better <laughs> Um, now, there's loads uh, coming up uh, in the show. We've, uh, of course, got to look back on Legion United's disappointed 2-0 uh, defeat away at Cardiff City last Sunday. And there's plenty of news to go over as well, including some transfer news as well. Uh, and we'll also look at what Marcel Bielsa, uh, what he said in the press conference this week before looking ahead to Legion United's next two games. The first is the big game, of course, against Fulham uh, at Ellen Road this Saturday. And that is followed up by a game against Luton Town at home as well on Tuesday night. Uh, but before we get into any of the topics, as always, as I always like to say, uh, especially in these times, I want to say a big thank you to all key workers and NHS staff out there for all of your hard work during this pandemic and please make sure to just keep on following all the advice to help protect the NHS and to save lives. So first, let's recap last Sunday's incredibly disappointing 2-0 loss away at Cardiff City. Leeds United's first loss in seven. Uh, Charles, this, this just wasn't a great afternoon, really. Yeah, it was poor. It was really poor. I kind of felt like the first 15-ish minutes, they were kind of on top of us a bit. And I kind of felt from that point, from the 15th minute up until they got their opener, up until that point, that kind of 20, 22-minute stretch of the game was probably the best we were in the game. We really looked kind of on top and we looked like we were going to get to half-time and come out in the second half and, and probably put one past them. But, but yeah, they happened. No, it didn't. The first half was a bit... So, yeah, they kind of had the first 15 minutes and then they scored towards the end of the first half and that made it much harder because we know how Neil Harris and his teams do. They, uh, th- their game plan was fairly obvious from the start. They were going to sit deep, defend robustly and hit us on the counter or wait for us to make mistakes. And we made mistakes. Um, serious mistakes we made led to goals. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the story of the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted Leeds United back, but I didn't want this Leeds back. You know, football <laughs> and Leeds United really is well and truly back. I mean, that was a typical Leeds United performance, really. We dominated the game, but failed to put away chances and then just conceded silly goals. Yeah, we the whole play of the team was just very, very casual. We kept The passing was a little bit sloppier than usual. I think the pass accuracy percentage was a bit lower. Yeah, Calvin uh, made the mistake. Cooper's obviously was a mistake for the second one. Jack Harrison was kind of not getting much joy, particularly as the game went on. Hell, the Costa kind of faded fast as the game went on. We didn't really have any, have any joy whatsoever. Yeah, uh, everything was just a bit too slow, a bit too casual, a bit too predictable, and Cardiff just cut it all out. They did. They, give, give them credit; they did defend well. Oh yeah. Um, the ball was kind of was just bouncing off Bamford. He couldn't get anywhere near the ball. Even when he did get the odd kind of flicker of a chance, the ball getting uh, knocked through towards him and it just bounced off him and get collected by uh, yeah. their keeper or get kind of cleared by one of their defenders. I thought we wasted a lot of set-piece opportunities as well. I don't know whether we need to change Calvin off free kicks because dead ball is not always brilliant from dead ball. He's a bit, he's a bit hit and miss. Obviously, we didn't have Pablo in the team because of injury, but the, there was just a lot of things wrong with the performance. And then the players yeah. knew that. Obviously, click on Instagram saying, oh, it was just, just a bad game. And as Kamar Roof was commenting, saying, I know, I know you'll do it. I know you'll get it sorted. And I think they know it was just kind of a poor game at the office, really, for them. Yeah, like, I mean, it was like it was really, really frustrating. But as you, <laughs> say, as you say, you know, give Cardiff credit. 
because you know they are a good team. You know they they were ninth in the table going into this, fighting for the for playoff place. You know they they were a good team. They settled well and they know how you know how to play their style of football. So you need to give them credit for that. And they, and they defended really well. But you know it, it was really frustrating. You mentioned Harrison and Costa. There. I thought the wingers Harrison Costa and you know older forwards really they they all had quiet games. It was really frustrating. And you know we were, we were constantly you know getting set pieces and putting crosses into the box against Cardiff which I just didn't understand. I didn't understand why we were crossing the ball so much against Cardiff, who, you know, are fantastic at set pieces. It really is the hope that kills because I think, you know, there's so much optimism going into Sunday's game after the good results uh, the day before on the Saturday. You know, Fulham, they lost 2-0 at home to Brentford, so it kept that gap between third, West Brom drew 0-0 with Birmingham City, so there was a chance to go three points clear at the top of the table. So, you know, with the, with the good results the day before, do you think that added much more pressure on Leeds United? I wouldn't say that. I just, I thought we looked very rusty, particularly the defenders. I thought we looked a bit too rusty and a bit too casual on the ball. I thought off the ball, we weren't, we weren't terrible, but I thought on the ball, we just made a lot of, a lot of silly, unnecessary errors and a lot of, we did a lot of stuff we didn't need to do. There was several times in the game and I like, I really do like Jack Harrison. He's honestly been one of my favourite players this season, but he'd get the ball and his cross would either hit the first man or there was one point, I think particularly in the first half where he he got the ball and he had perfect opportunity to just go past his marker and whip it straight in. And he did that thing that he does where, you know, he cuts back once then cuts back again. And by that point, the entire Cardiff team would got back into their box. The chance yeah. was gone and they cleared the ball and you just, think you need that it's the decision making that was a little bit off yeah it was just it was it was just a tad disappointing it was a it was a bit like you wait so long for, for football to come back and then it just yeah. hits, hits you like a sledgehammer really that kind yeah, of result yeah but, exactly but you, i think you know because it's been three months off i think you remember all the good bits about Leeds united and trick yourself into thinking that Leeds united are the greatest team in the world but then you crash back down to the harsh reality that you know this is the championship it's a very hard division to get out of and Leeds United are capable of putting in average performances like this. Every team in the world is capable of putting in average performances. Look at Liverpool drawing against Everton. That yeah. was very average. And they're probably the, one of the best teams in the world right now. And then they went out the following game and battered Palace 4-0. So I really <laughs> hope we do the same to Fulham. <laughs> Just yeah, turn up and know. do what we did against West Brom last season. Just turn up and batter them 4-0. <laughs> um, but getting into the game then. So it was. I felt it was a fairly even opening, really. You know, first quarter of the game, fairly even. Both teams just... Finding the feet as you'd expect after three months off, uh, but you know Leeds they did start creating chances. Ben White headed uh, across just over the bar. Uh, Ailing's glancing header from a corner that was cleared off the line by Will Volks. Uh, but then of course Cardiff went ahead on 35 minutes. Calvin Phillips giving the ball away stupidly to uh, Junior Hoyler in uh, midfield. He's allowed to carry the ball about 10 or 15 yards forward to the edge of a box. He had a shot and, and he scores. And you know I don't know what Phillips was doing with that pass because there's literally no one on that side that he's trying to that. that I can see he's attempting to pass to. I don't know what it was he's doing. Trying to get to, he's trying to get to Ben White, I think, because Ben White's yeah. over there. But he, just, he completely misjudges the pass. Yeah, it is. And, and the defence as well, you know, it was poor because Junior Hollett's allowed to run 15 yards forward or so, just carry the ball forward. You know, there's no closing down at all. Everyone just stands off him. And as well, Ilan Meslier probably should have done better as well. Yeah, I kind of feel for Meslier a bit because it was... It, Probably should have been slightly further over to that side. I thought, yeah, but I thought he was a bit unlucky. But yeah, so I agree with you. Someone definitely should have got closer to him. And if necessary, someone should have just fouled him. Because yeah. you're in on goal. It's three on four. Just foul him. Because chances are, 
although Cardiff are quite decent from direct free kicks, chances are you could clear the danger without too much grief. And yeah, someone will pick up a yellow card, but you know, it's a game of football. People pick up yellow cards. Calvin Phillips picked up a, a really a bit of a stupid yellow card as well. It was one of his stupid challenges. I, I, I think that was probably Calvin Phillips' worst performance under Bielsa. I, 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 thought, it, I thought it was really poor. And yeah, towards the end, that stupid challenge, which I feel as though he was quite lucky to you know, not get a red, really. It was one of them challenges where he just... He goes in late, this is a challenge. You know, we've seen it plenty of times, you know, he got sent off against QPR. I thought it was a really stupid challenge and he was lucky not to get sent off. Uh, yeah, he got sent off against Forest last season for similar things. Obviously, they're yeah. kind of more uh, high feet. So he, he doesn't need to cut that frustration out of his game because it is going to limit him and people will take advantage of it because getting frustrated easily when you're playing is a weakness. Yeah, it's, a yeah, weakness it's, it's, a, it's definitely a mentality thing that he needs to work on. It's a mental weakness. It's like, if you look at John Joe Shelby, fantastic player, great midfielder, capable of some great through balls, but he's, he's limited yeah. by his temper. He's been sent off, I don't know how many times, for stamping on players. I think he got sent off against Forest when the Newcastle in the Championship. He's been sent off in the Premier League for kicking out of people and it's just silliness. And then you're gone for three games of the season. So, and we've already, we've already lost him for three games of this season to a silly red card. So he needs to sort, it is a mental weakness. And I, I don't get me wrong, we're not we're not hammering criticism on Phillips here. He's a really good player, but you need to realise that going one down is not the end of it. And just because it's your fault, or at least partially your fault, you don't need to completely lose your head over it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And then of course before half time, that uh, Bamford. Uh, with a great piece of defending for Cardiff, uh, blocking Jack Harrison's shot off the line. I mean. <sighs> I just didn't know what, what this was. I mean, Bamford, he really did have a poor game, did Bamford. He really did have a poor game. He had the least amount of touches on the ball out of anyone on the pitch, including goalkeepers. That says it all, really. Bamford really had a quiet game. And yeah, this was just, it was really frustrating just to see because it really did look like Bamford had just blocked uh, Claire Jack Harrison goal off the line. But I mean, was this all Bamford's fault though? I mean, because initially he's making a good run in the box. And Roberts is on the right with with a ball. He could have easily picked him out, but instead cuts it back to Jack Harrison. And then Bamford, I mean, could he have really moved out of the way that quickly? For me, he's got to react quicker. As soon as he knows that Roberts is cutting inside, Bamford needs to think, right, this isn't going to me. I'm too far forward. I need to move away. I need to get back in the mix off to the side. Or uh, I think he needs to realise that someone behind him is going to have a pop. Because what he kind of did was he kept running forward and then he just stopped dead near the line. I know he's trying to do his... Because he he got he's got goals on the in the past just basically being near the line. He got one against Borough. He got one against Cardiff where he's just a couple of yards out and he's been found and it's worked out. Uh, Huddersfield as well, obviously. So you can understand why he's doing that. But you got to think, well, if he's cut it back, someone is going to have a pop from behind if it's a, a successful, which it was the cutback. Yeah. So I need to be out of the way. Yeah, to be um, honest, I, I completely agree. I mean, Bamford, he, he literally did just stand still. You know, as soon as the ball didn't go to him, he just stood there. I think anyone else, you know, they would have stayed under the toes, they would have kept on moving, they would have realised, oh, the ball's not come to me, there could be someone behind me running in, I'll either run to the side or just run backwards, you know, and, and, and get in an onside position. Um, but he just didn't do that, he just stood still because the ball didn't go to him. So that, that was the frustrating part for me. Yeah, it was, I was, I was quite annoyed at the time. But, you know, players are going to make mistakes, especially players that haven't played in a while. So you can you can kind of excuse a little bit of rustiness. But, yeah, for me, you need to react react quicker. It was um, 
he did have the, he had the chance to to not be in the way there. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And he he really really did have a poor game, and he's had a poor season. You know, for me, I've I've said it before on the podcast. Bamford just isn't good enough. He isn't good enough, especially for the Premier League. I mean, thirteen goals this season. It's just it, it's not good enough, really. For you know, for a side who wanted to get promoted. I mean, imagine Bamford in the Premier League next season, like against Van Dijk. He won't do a job against Van Dijk. You know that that that's just my opinion. I just don't think he's good enough. You know, I'll get probably get some hate for that, but you know, whatever. Bamford, I just don't think he's that good of a player, really. Um, but yeah, one 0 at, at half time to Cardiff. Uh, Leeds they created some decent chances in the second half. Roberts headed uh, wide from close range. Uh, Ailing, uh, Luke Ailing, he went off Ali Oscar six two minutes. Uh, Charles, this isn't something you you know we really see. Uh, Ailing being subbed off. Were you surprised that he went off? It did seem like a bit of an odd substitution. I didn't know whether it's because Bielsa brought Alioski on and put him on the left and Stuart Dallas on the right, trying to get a bit more balance in the defence. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what the, what the logic was with, with bringing him off. I didn't think he was one of our worst performers, to be fair, in the team. No. Yeah, it was it was, it was a, a, a bit of a strange substitution. And Alioski didn't really do much when he came on, but I suppose Luke Aylin wasn't really getting that far involved at the pitch anyway, so... I think it was just a little bit of a, I don't want to say roll the dice, because everything Bielsa does is kind of calculated, but it was a little bit of a roll <laughs> of the dice to see if you get, get a bit more balance in the back line. I think that's the only logic yeah. I, I can think of as yeah. to why you'd swap and swap and around. Yeah, but it was a bit peculiar. Luke Luke Aylin isn't injured, but um, yeah, it was a bit strange to to, uh, to see. But yeah, I guess you're right with the balance. And Dallas, he was probably having a better game than Ailing as well. So if you're going to take one of the two of them off, you 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 bring Ailing off really because yeah, Dallas, I thought it was uh, brilliant uh, yet again. Um, but yeah, Cardiff they doubled the lead on uh, 71 minutes. Uh, Liam Cooper giving the ball away this time. Um, and then the ball ends up with uh, Robert Glatzel uh, in the middle, who volleys one in off the uh, right-hand post. I mean, a good strike, to be fair. Yeah, a good goal. He scored the equaliser at Ellen Road. So, yeah, he's he's got two against us this season, which is a bit frustrating. Yeah, it was a good finish. I've got to say, it is the near post from Meslier. Can he do better? I know it's in off the post, and those are hard to save. So, I don't want to be too critical of him. It, it was a good goal. It was just... They had, they had two chances and they scored twice. They they were clinical with them. They, yeah. they, they had two clear cut chances. I mean, they scored them both. So when you're in that kind of kind of clinical mood, which we uh, sadly rarely are, <laughs> you put them <laughs> chances away. Yeah, but Liam uh, Cooper, though, that, I mean, giving the ball away, just another silly mistake. It was kind of assumption and casual and kind of casual player, and it was not, none of the passing was deliberate enough in the back line. All uh, Alioski had made the forward run if you watched the pass before, and then Cooper. Cooper passes before he looks up. So he, he passed the ball. He looks up and then realizes Alioski is three or four yards further forward than he thought he was. Yeah. And then it loses the ball immediately. Obviously, cross straight in and glances with a good finish. But you've got to be more aware than that. You've got to be more. You've got to be more in the game. You've got, you've got to have more. You've got to be more up to speed. You can't be that casual. You can't. These no look passes. They look they're brilliant when they work. And when you're doing back heels and back kind of reverse passes and stuff, they look brilliant yeah. when they work. But when you when you're doing it around your back line, especially when you're the, as a team like Cardiff who did press quite well and were their entire game plan was hunting Leeds' mistakes and punishing them, which they did twice. To be yeah. fair to them, you can't yeah. be doing stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not saying abandon the pass out from the back style, but you need to be aware that teams will counter and teams will jump on any mistake. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, the two goals as well that were conceded, they were just so 
you know, they were they were avoidable. They really were avoidable. They were just two silly mistakes and Cardiff capitalised really and I guess the game plan worked for them. Uh, but yeah, 2-0 with uh, 20 minutes to go. That was really the, the sucker punch really because we really didn't look like scoring at all throughout the afternoon. Um, Ian Perveda, he came on for Helder Costa um, on 77 minutes to make his debut. And Charles, if there's any positives to take from this, it's probably Ian Perveda because he did look really good. Yeah, he looked lively. He looked quite skillful. He looked like he was really up to it for playing. You know, the, just the thing is that when when we brought him on and Neil Harris saw that he was causing a little bit of trouble down there, left down our right, they doubled up on him immediately, and then he couldn't get any any anything done really. Yeah, I think the, the Sky commentator said that Cardiff ended the game with two left backs on the pitch, which kind of tells you what Neil Harris's kind of response to be able to bring in Pereira on was. He had he had that one little flick into the box which missed Tyler Roberts by about two yards he couldn't bring it down if it was if Roberts had timed, timed his run slightly better it would have been a golden chance to score I mean it would it would have we were 2-0 down so it would have it would have only been a consolation but it was quite late on but he, yeah he did have quite some quite decent flashes and um, it'd be nice to see more of him particularly if Helder Costa isn't performing because yeah. Helder Costa didn't perform at the weekend and if Costa's having another poor game on Saturday then yeah, especially, and we've got five subs anyway, so I'd, I'd be well up for seeing more preferred to get, yeah. get, get a few more minutes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it really did look impressive, really skillful, pacey as well. And yeah, it really did look, look like a good player, so it'd be good to see more of him this season. Uh, but yeah, Leeds, of course, they couldn't manage to uh, do a late comeback, unfortunately, and ended up losing 2-0 uh, to Cardiff. I mean, yeah, Charles, it, it wasn't disastrous, but it certainly wasn't a great afternoon. You've missed um, Robbie Gotts' league debut which it was. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got, he got brought. It didn't really do much, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, after he, about he got, 90 he, games on the bench, he's finally come on to make his league debut. Well, yeah, he made his, obviously made, he, had, he had a majority of the game against Arsenal didn't he, in January. And yeah. Now he's um he's uh, got his league debut. Upside is he didn't really look out of place. He didn't look like, didn't make yeah. any serious errors. He just kind of slotted in fine. So Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't look out of place against Arsenal, did he? And yeah, he didn't look out of place either. You know, I'm, I'm fine with God's, you know, playing. He played well against Arsenal, you know, a Premier League opposition. Um, And yeah, I think he looks fine. And I think he, he needs more of a chance, really. I, I, I really do feel for the lad because he's, he's been on the bench for so long. <laughs> and he's seen the likes of Stewick and Casey come on and make their league debuts before him. So uh, yeah, ho- hopefully um he can start playing more, especially when, you know, players aren't in it. I mean, clicky had a quiet game at, at, at the weekend and yeah t- too many players had, had quiet games too many of the big players who we really need um had quiet games and uh yeah just a really frustrating afternoon bielsa uh, in his post-match uh, press conference um he said that he wasn't a fan of all the breaks you know all the water breaks and the fact that you can now make five subs but still in three stoppages he wasn't a fan of all the breaks and he says that you know we barely played 90 minutes charles do you understand this frustration do you, do you understand how that's annoying Yes, because our Bielsa boards, our style of play, demands a certain level of fluidity, which other teams don't require. Like it was, It's perfect for teams like Cardiff and Burnley and Stoke, where <laughs> their entire game, every team Neil Warnock's managed, and now obviously Neil, Neil's managing Middlesbrough. <laughs> now he's been appointed the other day, replacing yep. Johnny Woodgate. So the, them type of teams where their whole game plan is, is basically, right, win as many free kicks as possible, win as many throw-ins, as many corners, have as many stoppages and time-wasting as possible, slow the game down, and, and we'll get a result in the end. Those kind of teams would love the water breaks because they disrupt the kind of attacking styles that we, and obviously to a more successful extent, uh, Liverpool and Man City have, where they need fluidity, they need momentum. 
and the the bricks do cost momentum and i don't think they're necessary to be fair i really don't because like you know what you know a season ends and a new season restarts the first few months of the new season is not oh yeah we'll have water bricks in 20 minutes it'll end up like american football where i've got like oh yeah it's been five minutes of football let's have an ad break let's let's break off let's start doing timeouts timeout yeah it's just a bit commercial and a bit yeah to be honest repulsive that kind yeah. of thing i would never want any of that in football i understand that obviously there have a lot, there's been a longer time elapsing in the covid break than it usually is between seasons but i don't think it's necessary yeah I, yeah I, I mean i can see that i think it's probably going to be necessary for the first few games but after about three or four games and then you can just crack on really um but yeah it, it really does halter the way you know we, we play because you know we like to break teams down we like to just continue, you know, pressing and, and, you know, passing around and, you know, playing well and tiring out teams. But this allows teams to have a breather, have a regroup, have a rethink. And, um, and uh, yeah, it, it probably doesn't, you know, help us, but it helps teams certainly like Cardiff. And yeah, five substitutions. I, I was thinking as well at the weekend because I was interested and quite excited to see how five subs in three stoppages would be used. But it came to, it came to my mind that five subs is literally half of your team because you're not going to sub up for goalkeeper unless, you know, it's for Hubker and he has a terrible game. Oh, but yeah, injury or suspension. Yeah. So, yeah, literally five subs is your entire team, entire outfield. And a team could literally just, just wait until 80 minutes, try hang on, and then just bring on an entire back line of defenders or just bring on an, an entire attack if, you know, the attack's not doing well. So, yeah, <laughs> that could be really frustrating, to be honest. And, you know, especially for us, because we can't really capitalise on that because, I mean, we don't have strength in depth at all, really. No, the, I was looking at the bench before the game at the weekend, and I, I remember thinking all but two of these players are younger than me on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I think the only ones that were, old, that were older than me were Alioski and Brady. <laughs> so the bench was young. So yeah, we really don't have strength in depth. Obviously, Casilla suspended, unlikely to play for the club again, I don't think. Adam Forshaw was injured. Uh, Pablo Hernandez was injured. So... We really didn't have much with regards on, uh, to depth on the bench whatsoever. Camille Majerzek is obviously the goalkeeper on the bench at the moment. But we did, we, we only brought on three subs as well. But the, there's nothing. there wasn't really much on the bench we could have brought on yeah. to kind yeah. of alter the game. I mean, Perveda was kind of the, the exciting spark that we could bring on. And we did bring him on to yeah. moderately decent effect. Obviously, it didn't really come to any fruition in the end. But you know, it is, it's a little bit worrying. Yeah. But there's been some positive noises about Pablo Hernandez, Pablo Hernandez, which I'm sure we're going to get into in a bit. Yeah, we'll um, do. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get, we'll ask, I won't say anymore. We'll get onto that in a sec. <laughs> but yeah, Perveda, I mean, he he was literally, you know, the only guy you looked at on the bench and thought, yeah, he could probably make a difference. And he hasn't played first-team football in England. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> it just tells you about the, the strength and depth that we have. Um, but yeah, two in a loss away at Cardiff. I mean, is, is there any positives we can take? I mean, of course, Ian Perveda, um, I mean, trying to think of other positives. I mean, LUTV, that worked, <laughs> which I wasn't expecting. I thought LUTV would break. That worked smoothly. Um, the, positive, the positive thing is, is before kickoff, we we were seven points clear in th- uh, from third with nine games to go. And after the game, we're still seven points clear of third with one fewer game. So that yeah. is the positive. Isn't it? There's one last, yeah. there's one last game. Yeah, that is the, only, the goal difference is taking a bit of a hit, but obviously Fulham lost by the same amount. So the gap is still the same. Uh, it's a bit a bit annoying we got we got overtaken, but you know West Brom have got a real a rock hard game of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, are we really bothered like, about? Are we really are we really bothered about the the title, the, the trophy? Are we really that bothered about it? I'm not. If we manage if we manage to get mathematically promoted, not mid champions, mathematically promoted, and there's like two or three games left, which I think I think is a little bit unlikely. But if it is, 
then like, all focus will be on like, can we go? Oh, and get yeah, the title? go for the title because the job's done. Yeah. But right now, the job is just to get promoted. So I'll take second Obviously, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take second place. But you yeah. know, the, the positive to take is that one, there's one fewer game to play, and the gap's still the same. Yeah, I mean, definitely. it was the, the, the worst you could say about it was that it was an opportunity missed. We had an opportunity to go 10 points clear oh, instead yeah. of seven. Yeah, massive but, opportunity missed. We could have gone 10 points clear and three points clear at the top of the league. But yeah, massive opportunity missed. But yeah, that, that is a big positive. So the league table after the weekend results. So West Brom have a league leaders now on 71 points. We're second on the same amount of points, but a few a goal difference. Uh, Fulham are third and yeah, still that seven point gap. Uh, Brentford, uh, they are on 63 points, so eight points behind us in fourth. And Nottingham Forest have, as well, they've sneaked up into the top five. They're on 61 points. So, um, yeah. They got um, they got shit out by Wednesday, didn't they? Like the 93rd minute or something. Yeah. Wednesday stole a point off them in, in added time, which is everyone apart from Brentford in the playoffs, uh, in the top six, kind of dropped dropped points. So, teams teams do have, do have bad, bad game weeks. A bunch of teams in the top six can have bad game weeks. Next weekend, like, we, we've just kind of. Made a mistake with a little bit of a six-pointer, but next weekend is a, a proper six-pointer against Fulham. Yeah. That, we could really sabotage their running. Yeah, we really could. Uh, but yeah, the big positive, we're still seven points clear. We've now eight games to go instead of nine. Uh, and yeah, we move on to the uh, next fixture, which is, of course, that massive game at home against Fulham. A massive weekend coming up. We'll, of course, look ahead to this weekend later on in the show. <laughs> So let's go ahead and uh, look at some uh, news. Uh, then uh, some news that has come out of Ellen Road this past week. And the first bit of news to go over is uh, from last Saturday as uh, Leeds United announced a uh, few contract updates. Uh, they announced that 31-year-old defender Gaetano Bavari has signed a contract extension to remain at the club until the end of the 2019-20 season. Jack Harrison, Ilan Mezier and Ben White have extended their loan deals to the end of the season. And Leeds United also confirmed that 26-year-old Portuguese winger Helder Costa will remain at the club until the end of the season as well. Of course, Costa is uh, on loan from Premier League side Wolves, but there is an obligation to buy for around £15 million if we do go up. Um, but yeah, Charles, I mean, it, it's great news that uh, does uh, five players are uh, remaining at Leeds United. Very pleasing because they're all important players because uh, it, it was a big question, wasn't it, going into the restart? What will happen to the players whose contracts expire at the end of June and July? So um, yeah, very pleasing that, that we now know we have that security that these players will be remaining at the club. Yeah, because uh, a lot of clubs in the Championship have had a bit of trouble with regards to this issue. I mean, Hull in particular lost lost like four players to uh, the contract ending. Obviously, Charlton with that with Lyle with with Lyle Taylor, uh, their top scorer, he decided not to stay on because he's pursuing a, a move. Yeah, plenty of clubs have struggled with it, so it's really pleasing to see that. I kind of expected the players to do it though, because I, I yeah. know they can see that there's an opportunity to do something here. It's not like a when you're at Charlton when all you're doing is fighting for in a relegation battle and you could get injured and then you could miss next season. It's not. Like you're in mid mid table obscurity where there's nothing to really play for, yeah. and you're you're only on loan anyway. Our loan, our loan players and our obviously Brady being out of contract can see there's a there's a job to do it, and I I I wasn't that surprised when they all said that we're gonna stay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was expecting those players to stay. Really, I mean, it's not like Manchester City needed to recall Jack Harrison, is it? And you know, I mean, every club you know around the world is in the same boat. You know, I wasn't really expecting any of the clubs to, you know, be dicks about it and demand their players back. 
you know, so I, so I was really expecting. I wasn't really too surprised. And, uh, you know, the uh, morale uh, amongst the squad, you know, it seems to be high uh, as well this season. So I wasn't worried about players wanting to leave Leeds. I guess the only player who, who you know, I wasn't sure about, who I was scared about leaving, uh, was 22-year-old defender Ben White uh, as Brighton manager. Uh, Graham Potter has been full of praise for him, um, as you'd imagine, because he, he's been a fantastic defender this season. Um, and Brighton are having a relegation battle as well, so they probably need a defender like Ben White. So, yeah, it, it's really, really great to know that Ben White is, is staying because he is a crucial player. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely crucial. He's, he's probably one of the best defenders in the Championship at the moment, if not the best. So, yeah, yeah it was really essential that we got him him signed on. And um, I, I wasn't, yeah, again, I, I wasn't surprised when he said he was going to stay to the end of the season because you're not going to, like, Jack Harrison's not going to go, yeah, I, I was going to play another, another six games and, and maybe win the league. But I think I'm going to go, go and stay back in Manchester for a bit. He's not going to say that, is he? Yeah, so, yeah, it, it really wasn't too surprising to see that these players are staying. And uh, yeah, it's crucial that other players do stay as well, really, because, you know, even with everyone fit, we have a pretty small squad. So um, yeah, and we wouldn't have been able to replace anyone if they had left. So uh, yeah, as I said, very, very pleasing. Um, and also last Saturday in the uh, Yorkshire Union Post newspaper, I believe, uh, Leeds United defender and captain Liam Cooper uh, wrote an open letter to fans, basically saying that he appreciates the fans' support, what lockdown's been like for the players. But the main message was that he was uh, pleading with fans to stay away from the stadiums. Uh, now, Charles, we spoke briefly on this last week. And yeah, it's key people don't go down to the grounds. Um, as it's a big risk and, you know, the club they don't want to risk sanctions from authorities. So, um, yeah, it's the right message and it's uh, great that it's come from someone like Cooper because it's someone who you'd hope that people will listen to. He is the club captain, is an important figure. So uh, most reasonable fans will, will, wouldn't have been going down anyway, but will certainly agree with what he said and, and make sure they don't go down. It's just dumb going down. I don't. I, there's no other way of putting it. If nearly all the games are available on LUTV or Sky, why would you bother going to stand outside the stadium where you can't see anything. I mean, you won't even know when we've scored because you won't be able to hear it because there's, yeah, no, exactly. there's no crowd in the stadium. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with crowd noise uh, so far. The club have been testing it, but we don't know whether whether EFL are going to allow it. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it shouldn't be shouldn't be necessary, but some people need a reminder. And so yeah, it's nice to see that an influential figure at the club is is saying the right things and an open letter to the fans is, is the correct way of going about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It was, it was really nice to see. And uh, yeah, the main message, stay away from the stadiums, please do it. Um, well, moving on, uh, on Wednesday, the uh, club announced the rebate options for 2019-20 away season ticket holders. Uh, now, we spoke heavily on the rebate options for home season ticket holders. So I think it's only fair to go over this as well. Uh, so for away season ticket holders, they just get the two options. Option one, is to let the club uh, keep the money to support the development of young players within the club academy and help to develop the stars of the future. And option two is just a basic refund. Obviously, there's no uh, club bundle option as uh, there's no no home benefits really to be uh, had uh, as it's an away season ticket. Uh, but yeah, again, Charles, uh, a great move by the club to offer these options. Yeah, um, the club's a lot better run these days. So it's, it's nice to see that they, they are fully willing to give a full refund because some clubs in the championship are just like Bristol City have just refused to give refunds haven't they I think that have Preston and QPR have said the same where they're just like well you are not giving you refunds it's, yeah. it's like well it's the right thing to do it, no, nobody should feel any guilt whatsoever about taking the money if they want it if yeah. you feel if you feel you don't you don't want it or you want to give leave it to the club 
knock yourself out. No, I'm not judging you for that either. If you want to do that, that's up to you. It's your money. But yeah. people should have a right to choose what they want to do with their money with regards yeah. to the club. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, wasting take holders. Don't feel guilty about taking your money back. Yes, if you want to let the club keep it, then fantastic. Um, but, yeah, if you, if you need the money, then, yeah, don't feel guilty about doing that. Uh, but, yeah. Fantastic move by the club to offer the uh, the option of a refund, like some clubs uh, who haven't. Um, we also saw on uh, Wednesday on Twitter that Osama bin Laden was trending in the UK um, as a picture of some of the crowdies at Ella Road had surfaced uh, online. And a slap bang in the middle on the front row of the uh, picture uh, was a crowdie with a picture of Osama bin Laden on it. Uh, Charles, this wasn't the best publicity ever ever was it i mean the club became a bit of a laughing stock again on wednesday um i i, I hate to laugh because it's 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 not an appropriate thing to laugh at whatsoever i can't I, I, what i find the most amusing is the kind of logic behind it because someone <laughs> at the club clearly has the job of going through the crowdies and selecting them and approving them yeah so how does someone in the club not not see that and think that's like one of the most famous terrorist figures of the last, what, 25 years? I mean, um, I mean, you know, you don't laugh because you think it's hilarious. You laugh because you think it's just so stupid how it even got there in the first place. I mean, first of all, I can't believe someone paid £25 for a Bin Laden crowdy. But then, you know, I, I, I can't I believe, you know, they submitted it for printing. They printed it off. It, you know, it went past printing and to the ground. Someone actually placed it in a seat and then took a photo of it in the middle of the front row and no one batted an eyelid. I mean, how did it get this far? It's yeah. shocking, really. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm laughing at. I'm laughing at the absurdity of it, the fact that yeah. it's, it's clearly gone through like three or four people on its way to being in that chair. Even the guy whose job it is, who's lifting the crowd, the crowdies and putting them in the chairs, must have picked that up and put it in the chair <laughs> and looked at it and thought, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's not like he's an unrecognisable figure, like an obscure people, people yeah, exactly. know the name. But people know the face. People know what it looks like. And then it's taking just, the photo I'm, as well, you'd think you'd notice it as well. Oh, who's that in the front row? It's not like he's in the middle and you need to like spot it. It's not. Like, it's not like an Easter egg. It's just wide well, out I mean, in the open. <laughs> you know, you know, in Australia, that one of somebody put like a Harold Shipman one in in, in, a, in a stadium in Australia. Obviously, Harold Shipman's like a serial killer. But someone's clearly just put it in there. See these kind of horrible historical figures. They've just put them in there for a laugh. But it was just I saw it on the on a Twitter timeline, and I just thought I just thought this is absurd. I, I just I just laughed at how weird it was that yeah something like this has, has happened to the club again. Like obviously we've had a couple of PR disasters with the with the kind of Myanmar tour and the badge, the stupid badge, and now and now we've got something like this during a pandemic on the same day that Arsenal re re <laughs> signed David Luiz, who's made a horrendous bunch of mistakes in recent weeks, and we robbed the spotlight off him for something as weird and dumb as this. Yeah, I mean, it's it just... really was bewildering. Really, really was. It was it bewildering. Yeah, it was. It is a perfect word for it. It was bewildering. Yeah, I just thought, what? I mean, so, it, there, there was a scare that something like this could happen because when you're submitting your crowdy, you can literally submit any picture you wanted. And, you know, you know, we knew that some people were submitting silly things. Um, and, you know, we knew that something stupid like this was going to happen, but we just didn't think, no one expected that it would go this far. You know, we just thought, oh, if you submit a silly photo of a club, we'll see it and they'll not put, you know, the stupid ones in. You know, we, we never expected it to go this far. It, it, it was just, yeah, as, as I say, you know, bewildering. You know, the fact that it went through so many people, got to that position where it's in the front row of a picture 
and it's online. It, it, yeah, it was really, really shocking, really. Just shocking. Um, and yeah, the club, uh, they have now dealt with it and they uh, said that the checks will now be in place to prevent uh, offensive images uh, being put into the crowd. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit too late for that. A little bit too the late. Checks, so. The checks should have already been there. There already yeah. should have been someone's job to go through them and think, can I spot anyone famous here? Can I spot any any silly ones? I mean, obviously some famous ones are going to get through the net because if, if, if the person they're depicting is kind of like a, a historical figure or a famous person who's not, you know, not done horrendous things, then the club might, you know, turn a blind eye to that kind of thing. But like putting oh, yeah. putting terrorist putting terrorist leaders and serial killers in in in, in a crowdy thing uh, next to people's uh, like relatives or dead relatives or people themselves who put their own face up, it's just a bit strange. It's just a bit odd. Yeah, yeah, it, it was just shocking. Um... But yeah, probably a little bit too late for these checks. Yeah, of course, keep on doing them. But yeah, this was just, yeah, not good. Not good um, at all, really. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, and finally, we've, uh, we've got some transfer news and rumours to look at. Um, as the summer transfer window is here, I guess. <laughs> I guess the summer transfer window is here. Um, there's been a few reports linking Norwich City's Emmy Brandia to uh, Leeds. Uh, apparently Leeds have made an inquiry about him. Charles, yes, 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 and yes. What a fantastic move that would be. Yeah, I mean, that, this is the thing about Buendia is we could have signed him in the first season, Bielsa's first season, because he was a he was a cultural Leonese who we had that kind of strange partnership with. So we could have signed him for like not that much money. And Bielsa, I think Bielsa decided to pass him over or not sign him because he had a little bit of attitude problems. And he, he, did, he has been sent off a couple of times for Norwich. He's been at Norwich a couple of years, he's been sent off a couple of times. He's, he has a ten, tendency to be a bit, get a bit of a temper, but he is a really skillful, really highly able player. And you would take him to the club, but Norwich are going to rinse us for him because obviously they're going down. Definitely. We look like we, we are, I don't want to say anything that will jinx us here, but we look like we are in a good position to possibly get promoted yeah. should things go right. So a bit like Brighton and Ben White, they're just going to rinse us for him. So, yeah. But surely if they're actually going down and they need money because they don't have a big budget. You know, they only spent, what what was it, £4 million last summer um, on the promo- promotion yeah, to the Premier League? So. That's, that's the thing, because they didn't spend much when they went up. They've still got all the TV revenue unspent, haven't they? So they can just spend it next season to get back up. Yeah, so. yeah I guess so. Um, but no, Buendia, he looks a good player, 23-year-old Argentinian. He's an attacking midfielder. He's very good, very quick, very skillful. Um, and yeah, of course, he joined Norwich uh, last season. Of course, won the championship title uh, with them. Um, and last season, he scored eight goals and got 12 assists in 38 championship games, uh, five assists in three EFL Cup games. Um, and yeah, Charles, the, the stats are really good. He, he does look like a, a fantastic player and he, he'll be a fantastic signing. Yeah, it would be a good signing. I don't know what the, the financial state of the club will be when we go up, though, because obviously we've got certain obligations with regards to Augustine and obviously Costa. We've got to pay money for him as well. And Jack Harrison, if we want him. So the club have already got to shell out like 30-odd million pounds before we even change the team, if we want to keep the club or the team as it is. So I don't know how the finances of possibly signing Buendia would work, because Norwich will want probably somewhere in the region of 10 million plus for him, you'd imagine especially in the current market. So I don't know how we could do that. He's a very good player. We might be better off looking for someone slightly cheaper abroad, though. Yeah. I mean, it could be a risk as well, because, of course, Norwich City, you know, they are bottom of the Premier League. You know, it it does look like they are like they are going down. I mean, is Emi Brendia Premier League quality? You know, zero goals and seven assists in 30 Premier League games this season. No, if, if, if it was really good, then surely Norwich would be staying up, right? 
Well, you say that, but, you know, Gini Wijnaldum was with Newcastle when they went down, and now he's in Liverpool's midfield. So yeah. you do you do get certain players um, that go down and um, end up, you know, re-signing for a different club and doing really well. Uh, Harry Maguire got relegated with Hull, got signed by Leicester and then Manchester United. So you do get certain players that are relegated with clubs and do go on to achieve anyway. Yeah, I mean, he definitely does look like a good player, and yeah. Certainly, be interesting. See if um, see if we can get him, you know, for, for a decent price as well. Because Norwich are going down, so you, you'd you'd hope that we'd be able to get him for a reasonable price. Uh, but yeah, Emmy Buendia, I'm really on board with this. I I think I think he would be a a fantastic signing. Um, so yeah, a very interesting uh, report that uh, it's one to uh, keep an eye on. <laughs> So before we move into the uh, usual preview of Leeds United's next game, which is, of course, the big one at home this Saturday against Fulham, uh, we're recording this after Marcelo Bielsa's press conference. So let's just brush over that um, and what he uh, said. So uh, Bielsa, I'm playing behind closed doors. He said, what I wish is that the business of football does not discover that they can play without fans. The best thing is to try and not imagine this scenario. I wouldn't like that to happen. So... You know, we spoke about it last week. Marcel Bielsa, he's really not a fan of having no fans. He really understands the, the importance fans make to a team. Well, he's a huge fan of football culture in general, is Marcelo. So you can really understand he's, he's a huge, obviously, Neil's old boys fan himself. He understands the value uh, that Leeds fans bring to the club and bring and fans in general bring to all football clubs. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he, he's really not a fan of this. And, it, and he knows that executives in football can really take liberties when given the chance. So he doesn't want that to happen here. Yeah, he's he's very much a football romantic, and uh, yeah, that's what I love about Marcel Bielsa. You know, he he just loves football for what it is, and it, and he loves the fans. So yeah, not not surprising the quote. And uh, yeah, I I just love hearing Marcel Bielsa say stuff like that. He, he's he's just such a such a great person, Marcel Bielsa. <laughs> um, well, moving on to the uh, all important team news. Um, and Bielsa says that uh, Pablo Hernandez uh, will be given until after training tomorrow uh, on Friday. Uh, to see if he uh, if uh, he is able to play against Fulham on Saturday. Now, there's videos online on Leeds United's social media of Hernandez training with the first team squad, and so yeah, it, it looks really promising, which is uh, great to see. Well, Charles, would you play Hernandez even if he wasn't 100% fit? I don't know if I'd start him. Yeah, he, he kind of said in the press conference, we're recording this obviously on uh, Thursday evening, and he said that uh, Hernandez will be assessed on Friday, the day before the game, as to whether or not he can play. From looks of things in the training videos, I know training videos are, are to be taken with a little bit of a pinch of salt because the club <laughs> obviously want to depict everybody as you know being brilliant and that. Yeah. Uh, but it I doesn't mean, appear imagine, like... Imagine that if, if, if Leeds United's social media clips of training was just players misplacing passes. <laughs> Yeah, and blue big shots are miles over the bar and stuff. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be like that. But yeah, yeah obviously take it with a pinch of salt. But he does look he looks uh, up to scratch in the videos. It was like he had a small problem uh, problem. Uh, he said he, Marcelo said that um, he's had ten days to recover from the issue, and now he's it looks like he's hundred he's near enough hundred percent anyway. You asked me whether I'd play him if he wasn't if he was kind of eighty five maybe ninety honestly I probably would play him this yeah. is such a crucial game because even if you want to get one or two games and then he aggravates it obviously I don't want I don't want Pablo to do do himself an injury of course I don't want that but this is a really important game if we can bring him on and he can just give us that ninety minutes uh, at least even if he's a little bit uncomfortable because players have done it in the past Jermaine Beckford has said that he, he frequently played games for every club he was at, at around ninety percent fitness because you know they needed him in the team he needed to play. So if it, if it was 85, 90, I would play him. And yeah. hopefully, and I would hope daily that he didn't get injured. I'll re-aggravate it. 
Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely would play him if he was around 80. You know, just 80%, you know, if he, you know, if he, if he was almost at full fitness, yeah, I, I'd definitely play him, definitely start him. You know, he really is a, a fantastic player. Even at 35 years old, he is such a crucial, crucial player. And we missed him against you Cardiff. Can off, you? you can always take him off. Yeah, it's exactly. Like but we've got five substitutions. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can always bring him off for somebody else if he's, if he's looking a bit jaded or a bit looking a bit weak. So... You, 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 there's plenty of things you can do. Yeah, I mean, we really did miss Pablo Hernandez against Cardiff, didn't we? You know, against Cardiff, we were missing that that spark, that you know, that creativity going forward. We just struggled to break Cardiff down, and we really did miss him. So, yeah, Pablo Hernandez would be great to have him back in the squad for what is such a big game against Fulham. You know, even at 35 years old, he's such a crucial player. So, um, yeah, it looks promising, Pablo Hernandez. It looks promising that he'll be back. Um, and yeah, hopefully, if if not Saturday, then. Ho- Hopefully he's definitely back uh, on Tuesday, but yeah, he does look good, and hopefully he is back for that big game on uh, Saturday. Um, Bielsa, he also confirmed that forward Tyler Roberts is fit and available. The uh, 21-year-old, of course, uh, was struggling against Cardiff. There was questions about whether he was injured or not, uh, but he did play the full game. Though saw the game out, it looked like a minor hamstring injury. But yeah, Tyler Roberts, he's uh, fully fit, so um, that's good news. Going into the Fulham game then, you know, if Pablo Hernandez, if you're going to start him, you'd start him in midfield. Would you start Tyler Roberts at striker and drop Bamford? Um, it's a very different thing as to what I would do as what Bielsa would do. Personally, I think Roberts is better up front than he is on the wing or in the camp position. And I would like to see him there. Definitely. I don't think he'll drop Bamford. So it, it's kind of a, a bit of an irrelevant discussion, really, because the answer isn't going to drop Bamford. Yeah, unless he's, Bamford, is he? unless he's suspended or injured, which he very rarely is, then um, then no, he won't, he won't drop him. So <laughs> I, I personally would probably rest Bamford and then bring, maybe bring him on later on. But I just, I just really hope he has a slightly better game than we can. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, fantastic news that Tal Roberts is 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 uh, still fit and available, and Pablo Hernandez looks to uh, be close to a return. Um, Biasa also says that John Kevin Augustin's progress continues to be monitored. They will take a decision on whether he will feature this season once he has been evaluated. I mean, we don't want to go all, all, over all this again, but it doesn't look like he will see we'll see much of him this season. I mean, when Bielsa's even questioning whether we'll see him again this season because he needs to be evaluated again. You know, it's not good signs. And yeah, it doesn't look like, you know, likely, but we'll see him, we'll see much of August in this season, if at all. I'd be surprised if he featured for any of the remaining games of the season, especially given how long he was out with his previous hamstring injury. If it's a reoccurrence that he's probably done for the season. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because obviously he's not confirmed. He's extending his stay to the end of the season yet as it is loan yeah. uh, in the other ones. So it'd be interesting to see whether he's decided he'd rather <clears> be back at Leipzig. Obviously Leipzig think that he's joined Leeds now. So, but obviously the, in the contract, it's still stated that if uh, Augustine refuses to join Leeds, then he's, there's no obligation. And it's whether it's what the club wants as well. It's whether the club still wants him after given how injured he's been, how little he's, a, he's um, managed to make appearances for the club, whether cl- the club still want him, which, um, Obviously, we'll never know because they'll, 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 they'll never tell the support or something like that. So we can only yeah. speculate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting scenario, isn't it? And I forgot to bring it up earlier when we were talking about the uh, the player contract um, updates. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting scenario with Jean-Kevin Augustin because, you know, when, when Leeds United announced in bulk five players who, you know, one of them's out of contract and, you know, four of them who are on loan, you know, to announce those five players all together saying that they're going to remain. Yeah, it was great. But, 
you'd expect that if Augustine was to confirm that, that he was going to stay for the remainder of the season, you imagine that he would have been announced along with them, but he wasn't. And so there is that big question. There is the scenario because John Kim Augustine, he's injured at the moment. We haven't seen much of him this season and we probably won't see much of him this season, if at all. Um, and yeah, there is that obligation to buy if we do go up for around £15 million or so. And that's a lot of money. So you know, the club could probably be hesitant on that. They're probably wanting to pull out of the deal. Augustine's uh, loan deal ex- expires on the 30th of uh, June. So um, yeah, it, it's an interesting scenario, isn't it, Charles? It is, yeah. I can see it resolving itself in a very Leeds way as well. Like It's, it's just chaos and no one knows really what's going on. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. That's the interesting thing. It's um, I could I could see it just taking a bit longer with Augustine and him getting sorted and him staying at the club. Or, But equally, it's, it seems to me just as likely that this could be the end of his time at Leeds. We really we don't really have enough, enough information to make a, a call on that right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a very interesting situation. And uh, yeah, really is one to watch out for there. Um, so look, now looking ahead uh, to the big game this Saturday, second place Leeds United against third place Fulham at Ellen Road. And uh, yeah, that's not only the big game this weekend. You've also got fourth place Brentford taking on uh, league leaders West Brom at 7.45pm on Friday night. I mean, Charles, this is a big big weekend coming up would you say it's season defining yes i would you don't yeah. you very rarely get a weekend where the top four are all playing each other in, in a league it's that, that does not happen very often so every every single team in the top four will be hoping the other team one of the other three teams will do them a favor so west brom will be hoping that we beat fulham we'll be hoping that they either get a draw or preferably beat brentford to to um keep the gap as it is obviously brentford will be hoping that they can beat West Brom and that Fulham beat us so they can really scrunch the top four together and make it an interesting running. And obviously um, Fulham will be wanting to get one, get another one over on us. Yeah, it is a really diff- uh, important weekend because if it all goes correctly, then we are in a very good position. And if it all goes very horribly, badly, leads way wrong, <laughs> then we are suddenly a, a, a potential 10-point gap has shrunk down to four and then we are back like we were in the end of um, yeah. February where we where we look in deep trouble. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a big, big weekend, probably the biggest weekend of the season so far, certainly the, the biggest game for Leeds this season so far. Yeah, I, I agree with you, season-defining. How, how are you feeling going into this weekend? Are you nervous? You know, cause, I mean, it is, it is really, really huge. So I, I yeah, I, are you nervous? Because I am. I'm I'm definitely nervous. I'm I'm slightly apprehensive about it. Yeah. I'm um I don't really don't know how it's gonna go because obviously both teams performed. I think Fulham were okay in their game, but they got done by two late goals. We were we played pretty poorly in our game, so we really don't know. But we could easily just turn up and blitz them because I actually think we we kind of did a bit of a job on them down at their place, but they obviously got gifted that penalty by a a referee down in London, like Every time we're in London, a referee yeah. gifts the team we're playing a penalty, and then they obviously they got they scored. So that that could have easily been a one-one draw if the game was fair. So yeah, obviously Brentford, we we played very well down there. I could really see see us blitzing blitzing them away and really doing a job on them, but I could equally see it going badly as well. So mm-hmm. I, I'd like I I'm I'm, fair, I'm apprehensive, but I'm fairly confident. I think we will turn up at this one. Nice, nice. I, I, I admire your optimism. Um, we have, of course, playing the day after West Brom uh, play against Brentford. So could that add some more pressure on us, do you think? And and Fulham, do you think it'll add a lot more pressure on the game? I think if if they play first and West Brom just 
batter Brentford or even just beat them. And then I think Fulham will think, right, we're not, I'm not going to be overtaken here. We may as well have a pop at the top two. Could, that could happen. But equally, the other, the other way around, if, if Brentford beat, beat West Brom and leapfrog Fulham, then Fulham will be desperate to get a result as well, to get back into third and to keep the pace for Leeds. So either scenario is really good for for Fulham's motivation uh, I think Leeds will definitely take positive out of if Brentford were to lose Leeds would, be in a, would probably feel much happier about that because Brentford are, seem to be the, the team that started off uh, the restart really quite well so if they, they got a defeat that would be good and it would remove another kind of chasing chasing team but you shouldn't need any motivation this is this is second v third with, with eight games to go you need yeah. to win this yeah, you, or, or at least you need to not lose like yeah. if we drew at the weekend, if we drew at the weekend, that'd be okay. I wouldn't really yeah. care. Yeah, C- certainly it must not lose. Um, what score are we wanting in the Friday night game then between uh, Brentford and, and West Brom? What 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 score are we wanting? A draw would be good because if, if we if we wanted to really go after the title because we want to keep kind of overtake West Brom and stay overtaking them, but it, it never hurts to have a chasing team get get beat. So probably a Brentford loss would be the best. But yeah, a draw, yeah. Any, a draw anything be- but a Brentford win. Yeah, a draw will be fine. I would, I'd be perfectly happy with the draw. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly going to be a difficult game for Leeds on a Saturday. Scott Parker's side and no pushovers, the third in the league for a reason, because they have a ridiculously good squad and strength in depth as well, unlike us. Um, of course, their main man is obviously 25-year-old striker Alexander Mitrovic, who has 23 goals in 35 league games this season. Charles, do you think it could be a case of if we keep Mitrovic quiet, we win the game? You don't like to make sweeping statements, as I say you, I mean. I, I, don't, I don't like to make sweeping statements like that, but Mitrovic is by far their best player. They have been inconsistent all season, for the majority yeah. of the season. And, he, and he's dragged them through many, many games with late goals, with with, with, with uh, winning goals. He's he's really been dominant in the league. He's been one of the best players in the league again. He was really good for Newcastle. He's been really good for Fulham. It's unsurprising. He's proven in this league. So... If you can kind of stop the service to him from the wings and from Tom Kearney, who who loves a goal against Leeds, I'd be more worried about Tom Kearney to be fair. Always <laughs> scores against Leeds. Yeah. If you can stop his service, I think we'll be okay because they they look a bit. They look when he's not performing, when he's a bit off the boil, they look they look vulnerable. They look a bit weak, and I think we could punish him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like last week. I mean. Yeah, so like us, Fulham, they didn't get off to a great start in the restart. Of course, they lost 2-0 at home to Brentford last week. And yeah, they, they didn't look particularly great last week. So yeah, it, it's certainly an interesting game. You know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of game we play because, you know, we've played the first game so far right now, you know, since the restart. And we played that one game. It could be a completely different game, or we could see the same leads and the same Fulham from last week. And yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting time, and it's certainly going to be an interesting game on Saturday. But yeah, obviously uh, Leeds lost two 0 away at Cardiff in the last game last week, first loss in seven. So yeah, hopefully we can bounce back from that and and hopefully get the uh, job done and pick ourselves up from that. Because um, that's probably the most thing I'm worried about going into this. You know. Because other times we've lost and we've you know we've really gone on a, a really bad streak you know a really bad run, but then other times like last season we lost one 0 away at QPR and then we came out and battered West West Brom four 0 at home in that massive game. So um so yeah who knows who knows it, it, it's certainly interesting and and hopefully we can get the job done 
Um, Leeds, we don't have a good record uh, against Fulham, though, unfortunately. Uh, we failed to win any of the last seven meetings, two losses and five draws there. Um, of course, we lost 2-1 two two at Fulham uh, earlier on in the season, back in December. Uh, so, um, yeah, hopefully we can turn our fortunes around. Um, we've touched on this earlier, but a lineup for you, I mean... I can't see Bielsa dropping Bamford, but personally, I drop Bamford, put Roberts at number nine and start Pablo in midfield. Don't know about you. Yeah, I'd probably go the same, but it will, more than likely, if Pablo passes the fitness assessment, then it'll, it'll just be a straight swap and Tyler Roberts will go back to the bench. Yeah, um, yeah. that's probably likely. Which could work, because, I mean, it worked against Hull. We brought him on and he scored twice, so it could work again. We, we never know. Yeah. Let's get a score prediction then. Are, are you confident heading into this one? Do you think Leeds United can do it? I am confident. I think we can do it. I'm going to go one nil Leeds. One nil. I I think it'll be a draw, and I'd take a draw. I'd take a draw. If you if you tell me right now, oh yeah, Leeds going to get a point against Fulham, I'd, I'd snap your hand off. I take it. So I'm going to go one all. I, I reckon. I reckon we there could be a few goals. I'm I'm going to go one all. But yeah, hopefully Leeds United can can get the job done um, in the big game um, on Saturday. Uh, well, let's now look uh, briefly uh, ahead to Tuesday night's game, which is Leeds United take on Luton Town at Ellen Road. And um, yeah, Charles, I- I'm fully expecting a win here, to be honest, against Luton Town at home. Fully expecting a win. Yeah, they've, they've been quite poor all season. But I remember when we played in out their place, we had a bit of a, it was a bit of a grind of a game. It was a bit of a, obviously they've got Izzy Brown, who I think assisted their their goal against us. He's always really up for it. They'll, they, they must realise that they are probably going down by now. I think they drew at the weekend. I can't, I can't remember exactly what I think yeah, they drew, drew at the well. weekend. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, I think at this point, I'll just be for pride's sake, what it'll be. Can we get a scalp off one of the league leaders at this late in the season? That'll be their, yeah. that'll be their mentality. Right? They'll never admit that, but that'll be the mentality. Yeah. They'll be thinking, let, let, let's try and nick a result here. Um, realistically, we need to beat them. If we are not beating teams like Luton, Charlton, if we lose these games and we don't deserve to go up, that's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, if, if, you can't be, if you can't beat poor teams like Luton, at home, and then yeah, quite frankly, the harsh reality is you probably don't deserve to go up. Yeah, s- simple as that. I mean, Luton Town, they really are a poor side. You know, Graham Jones's side does sit uh, bottom of the league on 36 points, five points from safety. So, you know, I guess they have something to play for, really, because five points isn't that big of a gap. You it's, know, there's um, still 27 it's points. Nathan Jones. It's Nathan Jones again, isn't it? Now they've rehired him as manager. According to Tim Google, Jones. it's Graham Jones. No, no, they've, uh, they've, 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 uh, they've rehired him. Oh. Uh, manager. Uh, I think it was in like last week or maybe eight or nine days ago. They uh, yeah, they got him back in. Uh, his that was his first game of the weekend. Back as Luton manager. Um, oh, well, uh, Wikipedia's incorrect. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, because you know he, he went to Stoke and then obviously got sacked and then went straight back to Luton. It was weird because Luton were really bitter about him leaving the club and then rehired him immediately, which just seems a bit strange. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, I, I guess they have something to play for. Five points isn't really that big of a gap, you know, when there's still eight games to go, I guess. But, you know, in reality, that they probably are going down, you know, let's face it. But, you know, it certainly will be a walk in the park. But, yeah, as as we say, you know, you certainly expect us to beat a side like Luton at home. You know, you, you certainly would. And if we don't, then we quite frankly don't deserve to go up. I mean, Luton, you know, they are in decent form. They were beaten in four. Uh, with uh, three draws and one win, um, just the one loss in a seven. <clears throat> so yeah, they they are in decent form. They they obviously you know they play decent football, but yeah, the bottom of the league for a reason because because they're poor side. So yeah, we really should they be picking three points like it's going out of fashion. <laughs> what was that? They just, they, I said they can see goals like it's going out of fashion. They really do. 
yeah. let, let goals in all the time. So we really need to really get results against them. Yeah, definitely. Especially, especially if we were to get held to a draw at the weekend, and we really do need to start picking up wins, and they, they are a prime candidate to get a win against. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're looking at uh, who scored.com and uh, Luton's characteristics. Uh, so their strengths are they are strong at finishing scoring chances, strong at coming back from losing positions, strong at defending set pieces, and strong at protecting the lead. The weaknesses, though, they are weak at avoiding offside, weak at defending against skillful players, which we have, uh, weak at stopping opponents from creating chances, which we do a lot, uh, weak at avoiding individual errors, very weak at aerial duels, which I'm quite surprised about, so hopefully that plays into our strengths, uh, very weak at defending against attacks down the wings, and uh, we <laughs> attack down the wings quite a lot, and they are very weak oh, at defending God. against long shots. I mean, we prob- they probably don't have to worry about long shots because we never, we never take a shot. <laughs> but yeah, they have a lot of weaknesses there compared to uh, four strengths. So. Weak at playing football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luton's style of play, they attack down the left, play with width, they are non-aggressive, and they like playing it in their own half. I mean, I don't think playing in their own half is a style of play. I think that's just because the teams that they're up against just dominate the game in their own half. <laughs> yeah, so that's what whoscored.com uh, uh, say. Uh, take of that what you will. Um, but yeah, Leeds, we, we do have a great record against Luton. The Leeds, eight wins and two draws and just a one loss in the last 11 meetings. Um, of course, we beat them 2-1 away earlier in the season. Uh, Charles, do you think we can uh, secure a double over them here? What's your score prediction for Tuesday? 2-0. 2-0, nice. I, I'm going to go 3-0. I'm confident. I, I reckon we'll smash them. We don't score three very often, mate. I'm going to go 2-0. No, but we, we beat Middlesbrough 4-0 at home, so... You know, we can't yeah, we, we, we are capable of, of scoring goals against dreadful teams. <clears throat> and Luton, they have a dreadful team. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fully expecting three points on their Tuesday. Hopefully Leeds United can get the job done uh, first of all in that big game on Saturday and then on Tuesday. Well, that brings us to the end of episode sixty-seven of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you, as always, to Charles for joining me. Cheers for having me on, mate. Yep, no worries. Really, really do appreciate you uh, joining me. And uh, thanks to uh, everyone who has watched or listened. We uh, really do appreciate it. If you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Share the podcast around as well. Help us out. It really does um, help us out a lot. We really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leads on social media. If you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, it's scrolling at the bottom of the screen right now. Um, or if you're listening on uh, podcasts, uh, All Things Leads and social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for All Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search for All Things Leads on Facebook. Keep up to date with everything that is going on. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. If you haven't already, search All Things Leads on there. Uh, Charles and I we will be back next week. So until then, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>